Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 157. Out the window of my little room above the garage here, I can tell you that spring is dragging its feet. The wind is howling and there was snow flying through the air this morning. Before I get rolling, I just want to thank you all for the response to the new book, 40 Acres Deep. It's It's been beyond what we expected. We just did a second printing and just very, very grateful for the response to that book. It's a, it's a different book. It's a tougher book. It's not the usual selection of cow jokes that I write, but wrote it from the heart and am very heartened by the response. So thanks a lot. So this coming weekend, I'm packing the band in the van and we're headed across the state. We're going to do a show at a beautiful old theater in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm also going to be speaking at the Lake Fly Writers Conference on May 6th in, in Oshkosh during, in the early part of the day, and then that night the band and I will put on a show. And it got me to thinking about uh, how I wound up in a band, because, man, I, I can barely play guitar. I know about four or five chords, just enough to be dangerous is what I always say. I t- took a smattering of piano lessons when I was a kid and I was in high school band, but I'd always just kind of learned the piece, not really how to play. There's a big difference. But I used to write, <clears throat> at some point in my 30s, I, I learned a couple of guitar chords, and then I would take a little break from writing at the keyboard and <clears throat> try to write a song. And I had a little collection of songs, and I wasn't really intending to do anything with them. And then my buddy Billy found out about it, and he said, well, you ought to play out. He was an experienced musician. And I said, oh, no, I'm terrified to play those songs in public. But he just went ahead and booked us into a coffee shop. And so he and I did our very, <clears throat> pardon me, our very first show together. And uh, the line I've used a million times, but it's true, is that I ain't saying that I was nervous, but I cranked out a 60-minute set in 32 minutes flat. <laughs> but then we got invited back, and the second time we came, there were more people than the first time, and then we picked up a bass player, and pretty soon I had a band, and I'm under no illusions. People came to the early shows, especially because they'd read the books and they liked the books, so they were interested to see what the music was like. It's all We do all original songs. We occasionally do one Waylon Jennings cover because he's the guy. But anyways, uh, it grew into something, and of course, Billy, I, we just lost Billy here just very recently. I, I talked about that in a recent episode. He became one of my dearest friends and, and mentors. But we wound up with a band, and over the years, the band shifts and changes a little bit. People get married, people get jobs, people move. Um, But it's always been a very interesting band. Like, we've had everybody in that band from people who went to Yale to people who didn't. And we've had a couple of, well, we had one person went on from the band and won a couple Grammys even. But it's a fun fun bunch because it's... uh, well, I always say that we we don't have any trouble talking, and we all get along. We're all just happy to be there. And I said it's not unusual for a band conversation in in our van to include the phrase, not to be pedantic, but... <laughs> and yet we've got real roughnecks, too, like people who... Uh, Billy used to tell a great story about when he was first getting... I don't know if it was when he was getting started, but back in the day, as they say, and they played this little out-of-the-way tavern in rural Wisconsin, it was pretty rough. And I think they were supposed to shut things down at 2 a.m. I think that's what the law was. 
And Billy said the first time they played there, they hit 2 a.m. He said the bar owner went around, pulled all the drapes on the windows, plunked a bottle of Jack Daniels down on Billy's amp and said, boys, play all night long. And so they did. Uh, little things you pick up, like I've been able to teach a lot of young performers, where, wherever there's a microphone, make sure you find out who's, who's, who's making it work and go thank them. Because the front of house person, the person that's running the soundboard, they're often overlooked, but the sound of your performance is so dependent on them. You can play your heart out, but if you have bad sound, people are going to go home and say, they didn't sound very good. And if you insult the sound guy or the sound woman, they will hit what we metaphorically refer to as the suck button. And they can they can make you sound pretty anemic or boomy or unintelligible. So you, always, you, you don't ever want to... Uh, anger a sound person to the point where they hit the, su the suck button. We've played just about everywhere. We've played in school auditoriums, gyms, beautiful theaters. The show in Oshkosh we're excited about because that's at an old restored opera house theater. There's a bunch of those around Wisconsin. We've played on pallets at a county fair, and the reason we were on pallets was so that we didn't sink into the mud. We've played on an International Harvester straight truck on a night it was so cold we could see our breath as we sang. But just so, so grateful to be part of this crew. And so I thought this week I'd read a little piece I wrote once about what it's like to pack in the van and hit the road with this bunch. Um, before I do that, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell a quick little story. I, I would get really, really nervous before concerts in the past to the point of having a little trouble making my chords and just being <clears throat> really distracted. And I was so used to getting up and talking and telling my stories, very relaxed about that, but there was just something about playing and singing that was hard. And, but about a year or two in, all of a sudden I hit a point where I was comfortable with it. And we were doing a show in an auditorium, I think in Grand Marais, Minnesota. And it was the first night where I wasn't all nerves. I was just like, oh, I can't wait. And we had a great crowd, and it was a great venue, and we had good sound and everything. I thought, this is going to be fun, and I was so looking forward to it. And, and so we walked out on stage, and I slung on my guitar, and I started strumming a big open E chord for kind of a Waylon Jennings-type opening number we were doing. And I just felt so good about it, and I approached the mic. And then just before we pitched off into the, into the show, I, I looked back to just to check in with the band, and I uh, looked, I had a young guitar player at that point, and I, I had a look at him, and he was kind of nodding his head in reverse, you know, like beckoning me to, to, to walk back and see him. And so I eased back, but again, being relaxed and cool and professional, never stopped strumming. I just kept playing. I leaned down to find out what he wanted to say to me, and, and he reached up to my ear and said, plug in your guitar. And that young man left the band and went on to win two Grammys. He knew what he was talking about. All right, here's a little piece called Roadworthy. The band was on a tight schedule to make load-in and sound check on the far side of the state, so we got an early start, the advantages of which evaporated ten minutes into the trip when the interstate shut down to a creeping crawl. This was especially frustrating as we were close to home and knew all the bypass shortcuts but the information was moot, trapped as we were bumper to bumper on the super slab. I wish to report that we retired to the lounge area of the tour bus to pass the gridlock time. <clears throat> Excuse me, 
I did a whole bunch of speaking gigs in the last couple of days, and things are a little raw. That's all right. We got a nice, we got that voiceover voice. I could do some beer or some 4 by 4 truck ads right now if I had to. When we were stranded there on the super slab, I wished to report that we retired to the lounge area of the tour bus to pass the gridlock time, but that is simply not true, as we were five people, five guitars, one keyboard, one pedal steel, four amps, and various backpacks, suitcases, and cheese curds crammed in a Chevy van. Mostly, we just sat there and talked. This ease in the face of a time crunch was a reflection of decades spent on the road. You'll make up the time somewhere. The speedometer is unaffected by your blood pressure, and things have a way of working out. I never planned to be in a band. For starters, I can only play three or four chords on the guitar, okay, six, but only five on purpose. And as far as rhythm, well, I'm the guy who can't even polka. And please, don't write me notes about it being just one, two, three, because counting is not the problem here. But some time ago, I started writing songs as a hobby, then a buddy got me to sing some in a coffee shop, and now here we are rolling out over the open road like carefree diesel-fueled troubadours, our long hair flowing in the... Well, that hasn't happened in years. In fact, as true rock and rollers, we spent the first 15 minutes of the traffic jam discussing per diem rates and self-employment taxes. I've long wished I was more musically capable, that I'd had a garage band and paid my dues in taverns and could jam with the best of them. Instead, I paid my dues as a typist, picked up songwriting on the side, wound up playing a few shows here and there with good musicians for nice people who like to listen, and then a few more shows and a few still on the calendar, and you know what? That turned out pretty nice, too, because now instead of chasing our dreams down the neon highway, we're just going to drive a big chunk of Highway 10, past the miles talking about ice fishing and dogs and urban planning and stop for gas, more cheese curds and beef sticks, and then drive some more, then find our way to the stage and lug our gear in and <clears throat> later lug it out, sing our songs in between and drive that van half the night again just so we can wake up in our own beds in a house with the people we love. And I guess we're chasing our dreams and may have in fact caught them. Traffic jam on the interstate notwithstanding. Yeah, man, real grateful. And again, I, I would say apologies for the voice, but that's just what it is. It's uh, one of the things we've always said about this <clears throat> a little mini podcast is that we're going to do it unadorned so that you're, it's like we're actually visiting. So I'm very, <clears throat> wow, this is getting more dramatic than I expected. <clears throat> I will have to rest my voice before the show. It's a week away. It's fine. Anyways, very grateful to everybody. Grateful for uh, how y'all are responding to the book 40 Acres Deep. And hey, if you're anywhere near the Oshkosh area, go ahead and head to the Grand Theater and we will, I think it's called the Grand Oshkosh now. They changed the name. We will see you there and we will have a good time. And for now, I ain't gonna say so what i do when i play by the way too i tell stories in between a lot of humor and we just have a great just a great time i just love in this day and age it's just people getting together in a space enjoying each other's company i ain't gonna try to convince you nothing we're just gonna have a nice time so until then i'm not gonna say goodbye i think i'm not gonna th clear my throat again i'm just gonna say what we always say where i'm from which is well i suppose forward.